0: I'll tell you this we ain't done yet howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast my name is Will Stone his name is Chase Caldwell Hayden Garland is behind the curtain uh, making sure that we stay on topic here uh, which really just one topic uh, we'll take a the majority of this episode, I would think. Um, we're going to do some other things, you know, maybe do a little bit nationally at the end of the show. But what, the reason everyone's here and what, what people want to hear about is uh, uh, Texas A&M's 26 to 20 loss uh, to Alabama uh, this past Saturday um, really felt like this was as good a chance as ever to, for a to stake their claim. Uh, and really take the next step as a program and once again came up short and uh, incredibly frustrating. Um, but Chase, you know, you were in attendance. Uh, I was watching uh, at a local uh, drinkery. Um, first, first thoughts just off the dome. First reaction to, to uh, this game.
1: Um, my reaction is that we proved that we can beat anybody and we can lose to anybody uh, because we had every opportunity that we could have won this game. Uh, we just didn't take it. Um, the fans did their job. I feel like the offense did their job. I feel like the defense did their job. I feel like the special teams did their job. And I feel like the coaches didn't. Um, that That's my first and foremost reaction. Um and I'll I'll get into that more. But really what we showed is we could have very easily won that game. A hundred times we could have won that game. We just didn't. And um, it's very aggravating. I, I was telling Emily after the game uh, as I was walking to meet you, like I don't know what's worse, and I don't know if you can conceptualize which one is worse. Is it worse to get a 59-0 to shutout loss where you just – get demolished or is it worse to have a loss where you could have won and i think that's probably what aggies are so aggravated about is how many losses it just in my time as in in aggie um could have been wins had we just put the pieces together and yeah i think we're all just aggravated about the idea of well you know when will or will there ever be a day where we win all the games that we should win you know and I, I understand – I I think, too, sometimes – I'm not to get too far in the weeds here, but I think, too, sometimes we look at Bama or, you know, some of these other programs that have stayed on top and just stayed there and felt like, well, that's what we need to become. Um, of course, that's what every team in the country would like to become. But I think we have to be real about it and say – Most everybody is in the same predicament we are, where we lose a game that we shouldn't lose. Um, Maybe we're the better teams. We could have been the better team, but we weren't. Um, So I I think that's the norm, and we forget about that, but it doesn't make it any less aggravating.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, aggravating, frustration. um, You talk about, like, how many times this has happened. Uh the, the, the feeling after that game was just all too familiar. It's what we've become used to. And it's all we feel pretty much every single season. And this one hurt the worst because it felt like, at least in my opinion, you know, because it felt like you did have, like, like you were on equal footing with them. You had a real chance to win the game without any, you know, certain luck going your way. And uh, the stars aligned and we just crapped the bed. And you know, um, two things I want to uh, kind of preface this before we get too much farther is uh, the first thing: these these players uh, on this AM team played their asses off, um, and you know, even with the outcome of the game, uh, they they deserve our support the rest of the year. And I know that's tough, and I know you know it's easy to sit here and be like, "Oh, well, this is an eight and four football team, and you know, seven and five football team," and and just quit. Um, but you know, I don't think the guys on the team are going to quit. Um, and maybe we do go eight and four, but still Mm -hmm. that, that isn't, you know, that they have, have proven enough and played hard enough to, you know, to, to warrant, uh, support from the fans. Um, and they had that on Saturday. I mean, they forced nine false starts or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. Um, Kyle field was, was at its peak. Um, and the other thing is that the Alabama is a really good football team. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we stressed that last week and, you know, it's not like, like Alabama's not down relative to other people's standards of down. Like they're not the most elite team in the country. They're still extremely good and they could easily win out and, you know, make the playoff, you know, with, with, with just the one loss. Um, but I think, you know, it's the, the most frustrating thing was the chances that they had to win the game. Um the 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 time management the the fourth down decisions um you know i I I think they were on the the 44 yard line of alabama fourth and one and it was 17 17 they decided to punt Mm -hmm. that to me said you know we're not aggressive and we're playing scared and i I hated every every part of it um it's that 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 those kinds of things that happened in this game uh make it tough for me to be optimistic about the future of of this uh, staff and this administration. I'm not going to sit here and say anything about anyone's job. I'm just saying, you know, it's going to take a lot to get me to buy back in to to, to say, Hey, these are the guys that we can trust to build us a championship program. Maybe they still can, but man, my confidence took a big hit on Saturday.
1: And I I would say that's not unwarranted. um, But you know, Sometimes too, I think you got to remember that the coaches make mistakes too, and just because they do make mistakes doesn't mean that they're not they can't fix those down the road. Um, so I I wouldn't go so I I think that's part of where you know if you look at if you look at the beginning of the year the first two games of the year are our, our defense was a lot more porous than it should have been and it was really easy to come out and say hey we need to fire dj Dirk. and you know he's 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 not his schemes aren't working well we don't dial it up enough pressure whatever and here we are 4 weeks later and well our defense has been pretty stout and and so even against bama we did dial up good pressures we did we did have things but maybe not as much against bama as we did the two weeks prior but we still have seen really good improvement there on that side of the ball uh, in terms of decision making. So to say that um, I, I, I guess I wouldn't go so far as to say that I don't have hope for for the future of the staff that I don't think that the staff could do it because I think they I think we got enough talent there but but that doesn't mean that I won't be critical about them. And you'll hear me probably if, you, if you're a long-term listener of this podcast, you're going to hear me be more critical about the coaches than I probably ever have before. um, Simply because I am very much in the camp that this was the coaches that lost us this game. Uh, I don't think it was the players that lost us this game. And there were some things that the players could have done better, but there was coaching decisions that were made that in my opinion, lost us this game. And, and so I am going to be very critical on the coaches but I wouldn't go so far as to say. Me personally, wouldn't go so far as to say that they can't fix those. It's just, hey, let's let's be let's let's be realistic about it. You know, if if the coaches face it as, hey, we made this mistake, we need to get better, then we'll get better. If they shrug that responsibility, then they're not the coaching program uh, coaches that we need for this program. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's just the reality of it.
0: I will give Jimbo some credit, I, I, and I haven't listened to the presser today. I've only seen some some clips here and there, um, but it seemed like he did say, "Hey, like that loss is, is on me. It's not on any on any of these players, and like the players were trying to take responsibility. And he's like, no, like it's 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 not a single one of y'all's fault. It's entirely my my fault and this coaching staff's fault.' So you know that that's you know the accountability that you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we need to see them go out. And and prove that, and right. s- it's, right. it's it's tough to keep this like we, we do need to keep perspective, because coming into the season, you know, I I, I would have called, I, I, I'm sure I, I probably said something along the lines of like nine and three would be a good year, not great, ten and two I'm pretty satisfied, mm-hmm. uh, both are still on the table, um, right? But like this, I feel like AM has struggled in road games for the past couple of years. Um, their other loss this year was a road game um, and the the toughest teams left on the schedule are all on the road. So yeah. that's, it's, it's troublesome, but uh, it's also an opportunity as Jimbo would say mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of silence that doubt and go out and prove, Hey, we're not those, those old teams, you know, we can, you know, uh, collect ourselves and and rebound from this and go out I mean, you go 10 and two, you're going to be playing in the, you know, cotton ball or something mm-hmm. or, or sugar ball, right. something like that. So that's on the table. And, you know, that would, would, would probably be enough to, you know, get me back on the train and be like, Hey, you know, and <laughs> the two words I'm about to say, are <laughs> my two least favorite words in the human language is next year. Watch out because yeah, uh, that's like, we all knew that like, especially after last season, next year especially when the schedule came out we don't play alabama or georgia either one and our three toughest games lsu texas and notre dame are all at home Mm -hmm. um and there's no divisions you can you know uh it's it sets up very favorable for us uh you should get you know your all your all-star quarterback back with connor Wigman. uh you still got evan stewart noah thomas uh you'll probably have moose back um a lot of those guys on defense but um it doesn't like it's 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 tough for me to balance those two feelings you know because sure. on one hand i'm extremely frustrated because this could have been a special year because there's some special players on this team that won't be here next year like edrian cooper like mckinley jackson um, damani and Anaya and Anias smith yeah. yeah so like it, it sucks that if we do figure it out those guys won't be a part of it um, right i agree there so like that's it's difficult to kind of like I'm feeling a lot of feelings, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm trying to not let that cloud my judgment on on what I get on here and say. Yeah. But, you know, like like I said, I mean, I think you could look at it either way. And if if you think Jimbo is going to get fired this year, it's, it's probably not going to happen mm-hmm. um, if you want to or not. Uh, but especially if we go, you know, nine, and three, ten and two. So. What, we what, we would have
1: to really lose a lot more of our games I mean, yeah. for that like, to happen.
0: You have to lose to like all three road games, South Carolina at home, and Mississippi State at home. Like pretty much, you only win the rest of the year. Be ACU, yeah. And I just don't see that happen with this with this team. So, right. Um, but you know, much like I said last year, and they they got better at it, but they need to get a whole lot better. Is they have got to address certain positions in the transfer portal. And not mm-hmm. just guys like elite, like the very best player that hops in the portal. That's a defensive back or an offensive line. They need to be getting their phone blown up from this coaching staff. Be like, "Hey, we need you. We got to have you come down here to AM. We got this this great team. This great these great coaches. All we're missing is you. So you know, come on with it." But
1: yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna tell you to put a pin in that though for for <laughs> a bit. And and, and uh, you're not wrong. You're you're absolutely right, but. Uh, I, I think the reason I say that is because I I just really want the focal point of of my sure. points yeah, yeah, in yeah. this podcast to be yeah. that the coaching staff, because like I, I don't want it to be that, well, we need to go out and get these other players, because we have great players right now, and we just lost a game because of the coaching staff. you know And so I like what you were saying earlier, that Jimbo is, is might have taken the responsibility and said, hey, this is all on me. Okay, let's see some changes then. You yeah. know, like it's one thing for you to take accountability; it's a whole other thing for you to truly take accountability and and see some change. So, so let me make a let me make a a, a point to that, right? So, let's look at Jimbo. Let's let's call you on your on the way that you go about things, right? Where let's see, where I'm trying to find this drive, uh, drive into the half we got the we got the ball 1 minute left or so in, in the half we were up 17-10 and um you know we ran it and when it went into the half that's fine there's nothing wrong with that how come whenever we lost five, 59 to 0 you called three timeouts going into half to say that you were going to try to prove to to your team that we have to fight for uh and, and use every little bit of the clock that we possibly can right so where's where's that mentality in this game. Now, I get it. We were up by seven. Would I have called three timeouts and tried to take a shot with a minute left and potentially get a player hurt? Probably not. You know, 43 seconds left is what we had. Probably not. I and, and so I'm not saying that. I'm I'm strictly saying, you know, where's that same mentality? And I think a lot of times on these drives in this game, it just seemed like we played scared. And you mentioned that earlier. Um, You know, why in the world, when we're going against Alabama, Okay, why do we not kick a field goal on our very first drive of the game when we're on their 20 yard line? It's fourth and one. Why not kick a field goal? And if we're going to run the ball, why are we running out of the pistol? You know, we have these big packages where we can we can win the game up front. We ran it on third and two out of the shotgun and then we ran it on fourth and one out of the pistol. Then when it comes up, when we really do need to go for it on fourth down, we punt the ball. Yeah. You know, what? those are boneheaded decisions that, that just are inexcusable. It's not the player's fault. Uh, that, that's not on the players whatsoever. That, that is on the coaches. And I'll, I'll be very critical about Jimbo for this, and I have been critical about him in, in years past. He's the worst time management coach I think I've ever seen. I mean, I, I see so much wasted clock. Uh, and in years past, it's been because we spend 40 seconds before we snap the ball every time but now that we're dealing with a running clock it's even worse i mean there there are times that that i'm like why why aren't we calling time out here why aren't we you know trying to manage the clock better than what we're doing and and it has felt like during the jimbo fisher era it has felt like that adage of aggies don't lose they just run out of time that's what it has felt like it's felt like we could win this game but we run out of time on our own accord because we don't manage that time correctly. And I think in, in, in the second half of this game, there was a lot of examples of that. Um, but, you know, when you're playing Alabama, you got to get every point you can get. And, yeah. and you know, how different does the game look if we kick that field goal at the beginning? And, and here it is again, you know, I, I'm going to be mildly critical of this, but I don't think it was a smart idea for us to kick a field goal – you know, right there at the very end. I I think we should have at least run the ball. I mean, the game was on the line at that point. So run the ball, you know, get a touchdown. And if you don't get a touchdown, you lose the game. If you get a field goal, you're pretty much going to lose the game, you know, because the the I don't know what the percentages would be, but when you're figuring like, hey, we've got to get the ball back and then we've got to, you know, then we've got to go get a touchdown with it versus we get the ball back and we gotta we gotta drive 30 40 yards and then kick a field goal a whole different ball game and and um, I, I just think I just think that's scared football is all I, I think that's scared yeah. football
0: I actually liked the uh, I liked going forward on fourth down on that first drive just because like that that was a really nice drive and to kind of keep your momentum and like mm-hmm. it felt like you kind of had them on their heels now the the, the play call i did not like you're you're, you're spot on with that like yeah if, if you need if you need a yard and a half don't you know like we we go under center pretty often why not run it from that right. <laughs> or like or just do a quarterback sneak max johnson six foot six like yeah you know it, it, it seemed like the 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 their 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 choice of, of play call on that on that you know scenario was it was not ideal. And then yeah. when you, like, they were aggressive there and then when they really needed to be with a tie game on the one, like with one yard to go in, in Bama's territory, they punted. Yeah. And like, it, it's just, it's inconsistent. And you know, when they got down there and they decided to kick the field goal, um, like there on that, on that last drive, uh, they called a timeout to do that. Like if you, if you're going to kick, just send the kicking guys out there. <laughs> like yeah. why are you calling? Like why are you wasting one of your precious timeouts before you have to kick to Alabama, and and kick the football and kick a field goal anyway? Like yeah, it, it just it it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, and you said it exactly what I it, you put it in better words than I did. It's the inconsistency. You know, did I like that we went for it on fourth down? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I didn't at, in that moment. At the in that moment, yeah, we Kyle Field was was. Loud. I mean, granted, it wasn't during during um, you know, it was when we would get a big play, right? Because we're in offense, yeah. we're not we're not trying to make it loud, but um, you know, you want to keep the fans engaged. Now, I this is a really random tangent for me to go on, but I'm going to go on it anyways. I don't. Do you know who won the the um the coin flip at the beginning of the game?
0: Uh, I'm assuming they did, but I don't know that for a fact.
1: Because something that I've just always thought is if we're at home, we need to go on defense first as much as we can, because that's whenever the crowd's the absolute loudest. And, yeah. and let's keep that, that level of – but that, again, that's a random tangent for me to go, to, go on. Um, but that's where – it's the inconsist- inconsistency of play call. At that moment in time, I, I really wished we would have kicked a field goal um, I liked the aggressiveness that we had, but you're taking a lot of risk there. And I guess that's what I'm saying is we took risk when we didn't need to take risk and we didn't take risk when we needed to take risk. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, if we're going to play it safe whenever we need to be, you know, going risky, but then we're going risky when we ought to just be playing it safe. It, it's, it seems backwards. And, and that, that was, what left me scratching my head the most at the end of this game?
0: Yeah, and for, for for what I'm about to say, I I I don't want it to excuse uh, the like I I don't want this to make up for the criticism of Jimbo because for for what he did on Saturday, and, what, and really like what all the coaches did, they ought to be criticized. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a And M wins that game if Connor Wigman is the, is the quarterback and he's healthy, and it 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 makes it sting even more because, you know, Jimbo did recruit Connor and did bring in Petrino and develop in, and Connor looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country, you know, yeah. through the first four weeks of the season. And, and Max is a, is a really nice player. He does some really great things, but Connor sees the field so well. And against any other team, like Max can can take this team and, and win the rest of these games. He absolutely can. Yeah. But against the like one of the best teams in the country with that with those corners and that defense, it, it man, it, it really would have helped to have your 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 stud quarterback playing.
1: It would, and and that's where I just I such a great cloud that hangs over this administration or the it, it does <laughs> this coaching staff because this is the third year in a row we lost our starting quarterback like that 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 stings and you know it it's it's just that i agree with you part of the reason i agree with you too is because you know the the offensive line got worn down by the third and fourth quarter i mean they 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 just by the end of the game they were porous and they they didn't play as well as they should have um, and i think that's where wigman does a better like there's there was several sacks there at the end of the game that yeah. I think if you had Wigman in you wouldn't have had a sack there. He in fact, you probably would it. have gotten a first down. You know, yeah. you got got rid of it or or you Tucked know at in. least escaped the pocket. I yeah. mean, I mean that whole the whole Max. There was a couple different times where where he either took a sack or didn't escape the pocket, and and I think there was once or twice that it should have been intentional grounding and we didn't get it, and I, I was thankful that that yeah. We I think you're um, right on that, but it it just I don't know. I I think I think that's where Connor would have made a, a better better option in this case. Um, so I in some ways I do agree with you that yeah I think if we if we'd have had Connor we probably would have won this game. Uh, but at the same time, which I know that you would agree with, and I know that this is what you're saying, if Max Johnson didn't lose us this game. If anything, Max Johnson was who kept us in this game um and and so i'm by saying maybe that would have made it better had we had connor i don't i don't they're not mutually exclusive things like max johnson could have won this game uh, because he played extremely well for us in this game um it just we just fell short
0: yeah and he he was i think he was pressure on half of his dropbacks which is just a horrible you know worst like worst in the country type of rate and obviously that's that's not every game but for this one game, like like Alabama got pressure pretty much for, like whenever they wanted to, um, and uh, you know the, it, it it's it's a uh, like the guys on that O line are like they're gonna have to take their lumps. Like that's a that's a tough that's a tough outing for them. Um, I think Chase Pasantis is is gonna be an, an outstanding player here one day, and he's done some great things this year. But it was obvious that that the guys that Bama has we're just going to be a little bit too much for him. And, and they've got like, you know, fourth and fifth year seniors, like a couple of, you know, future NFL like stars yeah. and uh, you know, and, yeah. and they, and they put crown over in some and he, he did all right. But um, at, at the end of the day, they had better guys, you know, on their front than we did. We had better guys than they did on their front, but mm-hmm. you know, they made a few more plays than we did.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's where that that goes back to the coaching too. I feel like their second half adjustments were incredible, and I felt yeah. like ours fell short of that. I, I think, I think, and I think in some degrees, when you're when you're when you are a coach and what's working's working, why make adjustments, you know? Um, or if you're making adjustments for the sake of making adjustments, maybe that messes up the game plan, right? Um, I think in some way, like, uh, w- they're we we seem very predictable on offense um more so than i'm accustomed to us seeing uh because we did a good job of seven guys in and out but we had two primary packages i feel like um and and i would mess it up if i t- tried to tell you who was on each one i just know that anytime we'd run out lavian moss out there we would also run on um you know uh, Noah Thomas, and we'd run off Moose and and uh, Amari Daniels, right? And so like like there was two there's two obvious packages that we were running player personnel wise um, that I don't know like we never targeted Evan Stewart. I, I mean not Evan Stewart, but um, uh, Noah Thomas. I don't know if that was because maybe he's still banged up and we we were just throwing him out there as a decoy, or if he just never made separation. I don't know, uh, but it, it just it seemed like – you know, when you're going up against Saban and you're going up some, uh, against a really good defense, uh, predictability can't exist. And, and it just seemed like more so than what I'm accustomed to seeing, we seemed pretty predictable on what types of plays we were going to run based on the personnel that were at on the field.
0: Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause that brought up something, uh, that I forgot to write down. Um, but, and, and honestly, it's probably the most disheartening thing of this whole situation. And I've got this going on two fronts. I've, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm a, 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 a diehard Aggie, obviously. Um, both of my head coaches for those two teams uh, are dinosaurs when it comes to offense. I look at, at the teams that I hate the most, like Texas, like the Philadelphia Eagles, and the 49ers. And their offenses are so easy for them to execute. Yeah. And ours, like Petrino is an upgrade, but it, it's still like, like, like you said, it was predictable on Saturday mm-hmm. and you, you watch Texas play. There's a guy wide open on every single play. And yeah. like, like, like Quinn yours is not some remarkable decision maker. It's just like, Oh, you know, Sark told me that, you know, word is going to be wide open. I'm just going to throw him the ball because he is wide open because we schemed it that way. Yeah. And you know, if you. We're unfortunate enough to watch the Cowboys play last night. It, it seemed like they couldn't cover anybody and they've got good defensive backs, but that's how good of a coach Kyle Shanahan is to get guys wide open. And it's, it's just frustrating that, you know, the teams that I root for like their offenses can be good at times, but it's still kind of stuck in an old way that, that, that DCs have, have somewhat figured out.
1: I'm going to ask a question based on, on your comment there. Um, and this is admittedly going to be conspiracy theory-ish, right? But did this seem more like a Jimbo offense than a Petrino offense to you this week? It, it's
0: tough because, like, some of the stuff, like, there was a long pass to Anais that was definitely, like, Petrino. Like, because it's, it's one that he ran, that we ran against New Mexico. And, like, uh, it was also, you know, to Anias for a big game. Um But maybe, like, maybe in terms of the approach, Mm -hmm. like, like, like how aggressive are they going to be? Like, they kept running the ball on first down. And, you know, that part was predictable. So I think the, the plays they were running, I think that's still Petrino, but the decisions and the, you know, lack of aggressiveness and the predictability that may still be jimbo and like like it's hard to tell really which one um it could be both you know maybe petrino that was his he thought he could run against alabama i said it last week i was wrong you know yeah uh deontay lawson was not hurt he came back he played extremely well against us um and we couldn't run the ball very well so
1: well one of the one of the reasons i'm i'm asking that um and i'm going off a memory of the game unfortunately i hadn't rewatched the game yet so uh, i could I be a, <laughs> a little a little bit wrong here yeah um, but it seemed like there was there was a time where i thought i thought we were second it was second down and two and and we were in like the middle of the field and we ran out our like big package with all the big guys were, and we ran out of the I formation and ran the ball. Um, and like at the 50 yard line, I mean, it's second and two and, and like, you know, going back to what I said earlier, why didn't we do that on third and two in the first drive or fourth and one on the first drive? You know, if we're going to do that, at least run those big guys out and let's manhandle the line and get that one yard that we need. Um, And maybe we made an adjustment because of that, you know. And and so I'll give that credit. Um, but I just I just felt like in, in that moment in time, when we're running those guys out there, I'm like, it's second and two, take a shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, take a shot downfield. if it doesn't work, it's third and two, and then then do what you're doing. Um, but it just seemed like Petrino would have taken a shot there, you know. And yeah, it, and
0: it, it does it does, and that's I feel like I I may have brought that up in the off season. Because you, like, you see it everywhere he's been. Like, in that same situation you're talking about, it's second and two, and, yeah, go under center and play action and throw a bomb, you know? Right. Like, get all those guys to come in and play the run, and you're going to have a guy wide open down the field. He, he hasn't really brought that play out yet, and it seemed like like the the, the situation you're talking about would have been a prime place for that, and sure. you, you would think he would do that, but, you know, uh, I, there's – it's hard for us to really know why why we didn't you know
1: yeah and that's where i'm i'm kind of saying that that my my input here is in somewhat conspiracy theory ish because um maybe it's just that i'm looking at it from the standpoint of we couldn't get the run game going we could not get some some things going so it seemed more like a jimbo offense because of that but it just yeah. seemed is almost as if this is full conspiracy here but <laughs> it was almost as if jimbo's like hey this is the Bama game. I've got this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that that's more so what it felt. Of course he didn't have his glasses on, so um, yeah. maybe maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I probably am wrong. Like that's what I'm saying, it's conspiracy <laughs> theoryish, but but it just it just seemed like Jimbo's fingerprints were more on this game than they have been to yeah. this point in the year.
0: Well, and uh I know this this is a cliche and uh you know, they say that that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And maybe these coaches overestimated themselves a little bit i remember they're yeah. like oh like we got them we got Bama figured out you know uh like i think they were probably pretty confident that they could go in there and get a win this weekend and and they, and they knew the stakes obviously mm-hmm. um but you know and, and they're not watching espn and hearing about alabama being down or whatever like they don't listen to that but maybe right. what they saw on film led them to believe hey we We have a chance here to, you know, really put it on them. And you know what? I'll give Bama credit because I haven't said this yet, but Bama came to play. Like they, they, something in them ignited a fire. And I don't know if it's, you know, uh, just a renewed sense of their season, or if Saban just got them fired up, or something we said or they said. I don't really know. But they were playing like they really gave a shit about this game, and like they were just like amped up from the get go and just playing balls to the wall and hats off to them. Like when you get a team with that much talent and a coach like Saban and, and they play hard, they're a tough out, but we should, we still should have won the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and, um, that, that somehow reminded me of another point I wanted to make sure and make on this, um, that to me, I chalk up to the coaches that, I don't think everybody does. Like I I think more people have, have chalked this up to the player himself, but I've heard people talk about um, DeBerry and how, how often he was targeted. They targeted that guy on every play. I mean, every play. And even if you're the best corner in the nation, if you're getting targeted on every play, they're going to get some of them on you. Now they were getting more of them on him, but he was still making plays and he was like, he had to have been wore out. I mean, he had to have been, been exhausted and, um, and I, I, I just think it was irresponsible for us to not sub him out more than we did or not make changes on defense to where we switched the field, you know, put somebody you know, just, just, give him yeah. some rest. You know, I just felt like we didn't give him enough rest than what he deserved. And and, and, on,
0: and honestly, like him playing outside is out of position for him. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's pretty much played nickel like his entire career. And he, he, he's actually, he, he's a pretty good nickel. If that's what you need him for. Yeah. But he gets here and we're like, Hey, like we've got a good nickel in Bryce Anderson, we don't really have any outside corner. So we really need you there. Uh, and Jimbo said today that Tony Grimes has been hurt still. So he like, he's not playing. I'm, I'm not sure he's played a snap all season and yeah, I'm guessing that's due him. to injury. Uh, that's what it sounds like, but you know, cause I think they were kind of counting on him and then, you know, he ha- hasn't been available. So they're like, Hey DeBerry, like we know you're nickel, but we like, you, you gotta, you, you gotta start for us outside where you haven't done that your whole career. Yeah, And you know, he, he has some good plays, has some bad plays, Jermaine Burton's a tough assignment. And yeah. our coaches should have realized after the first quarter, like, hey, like, we need to, to switch him and put Chappelle on Burton or double him or yeah. or, or put somebody else in or, or give the guy some help something. But doing the same thing over and over, that's the definition of, of, of insanity. And yeah, and
1: it's not fair to the player because what happened is you have all kinds of Aggies. I heard a bunch of people saying on Saturday um, that – Man, DeBerry, you know, take him out. He he sucks and all that. No, he doesn't. He's a good player, and and he he's done well for us all year. I thought he did well for us several times this game. Like I, there was there were several times where you know they targeted him, targeted him, targeted him, targeted him. There was like I want to say four or five plays in a row where they they were throwing it to Burton. You know, deep shots. You know, middle of the like fifteen yard shots, things like that, and um, and he kept, you know, missing those. Then they would run the ball right at him, you know, on an end around or something like that. And then there was a screenplay that he blew up the play, you know, and and he he, um, you know, lost them yardage because he he blew it up. He saw it coming. He's, and, he's a great tackler. And so so doubt. it's I, I guess it's it's just not fair to say that that was on him. When every every single play was going at him, you know, like give him some sort of support, whether that's changing up the scheme, whether that's giving him some rest and putting somebody in, uh, whether that's doubling up Burton until make him do something different, you know, make them force them to throw it to somebody else, and yeah. then you know in. in we allowed them to be one dimensional by just continuing to throw to Burton and continue to throw to Burton, and we just allowed them to do that because we didn't make adjustments there. and And I don't think that's fair to the player. Uh, and that's that's my my that was my takeaway before we lost the game. Uh, like when when we were going into halftime, I'm like, golly, hopefully they can figure out something to give DeBerry a little bit of support because he's he's been, you know. He's bound to be wore out right now. Well, like,
0: and and Bama, like a, a couple of other guys made some plays for Alabama. Like, I know Isaiah Bond had a couple of big catches. Yeah, but like most of like their entire offense was Jermaine Burton, and sure, like man. we didn't bracket him, we didn't double him, we didn't like you know uh, like put like put one of your big corners on him and just jam his ass at the line. Like, right. don't just give him a free like, <laughs> and, and that that is on the coaches. Like, they never adjusted to that. You know, the entire the entire day. I think at the very end, you know, I think in the fourth quarter they put Deuce Harmon in, and, and he had a pretty nice outing. Um, but you know, you, you, they're, they're going to have to figure things out back there because it does not get easier with the no. the offenses that they're going to be facing. Sure, uh, Tennessee can throw it, Ole Miss can throw it, LSU can damn sure throw it, um, and they have some studs at receiver. So um, Durkin has like run defense, pass rush, outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, I have never seen. An Alabama run game gets shut down the way we did it the other day, yeah. Um, so that part's great, and keeping these teams up that are you know coming up like Tennessee and almost love to run the ball, mm-hmm. I feel good about it shutting that down. But we, if if it gets cleaned up on the back end, you know they can go and win all these other games. But you know it's it's adjustments that they got that they're gonna have to make.
1: Yeah, and and that's where um, you know to move on to this week um i'm tired of saying this i've said it all season I'll, what happens in this game is really going to dictate what happens the rest of the season you know i i, I really this is a now going to be a hinge play like you know it was it was originally arkansas you know what happens in that game is going to be how we play against bama and then when it came to bama okay hey if we can replicate what we've been doing the last 2 weeks then that will determine how the rest of the season. Because, I mean, if we go into this game at the top of the West, you know, against Tennessee, I'm really, I mean, everybody would be motivated because it's yeah. now the SEC at West is ours to lose. And we just got to stay there and we're, we're good, you know. And, and so, um, since that's not the case now, now suddenly this Tennessee game, um, becomes ultra important because Tennessee is a really good team. You know this is going to be a hard game. It's a road game. We don't play well on the road, like you said. Um, if we can go out and we can, we can play our game and we can beat Tennessee. That that sets up the rest of the season really nicely to say, okay, look, hey, sure, we have two losses. One of them's non-conference. The second, I mean, we're we're one Alabama loss away from. It then being a three-way tie for the West. If we were to win out, and let's say Arkansas beats Bama, or LSU beats Bama, you or know, or Tennessee beats Bama, or, or Tennessee beats Bama, then now we're in a three-way tie. That that you know we can we can kind of go from there. Do I think Alabama's going to have two losses? Probably not, but it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility the way with the way that they've played this year. And so, you know it depends it how we play this game is going to determine what the rest of our season looks like simply because if we go out flat and we we let this bama loss hang over in, into tennessee and we lose to tennessee as well and now we have three losses you know that could then be a domino effect for the rest of the season where we end up 8 and 4 7 and 5 because you know we're just we we don't believe that there's any benefit in and winning these games you know so Um, i
0: I think i think i'm with you on that so with a loss this weekend that would give you your third loss but probably not your last one right like it probably leases some other things and you slip up somewhere else um especially with 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 two more tough tests on the road Mm -hmm. um it it, you know i I, I feel like i said that a bunch uh myself and like 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 every game is important like Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) especially if you lose it, then it's super important because, you know, that that kind of, you know, like, like each one is just a a gut punch and a dagger, like like the way this sport is is set up. Yeah. But a, a, a win on Saturday, you know, in Knoxville, like this, this is a good Tennessee team. I know that Florida kind of took it to them. Don't really know what happened there. I think they had a couple of guys on the offensive line that didn't play. Um but it's a good team that their defense is, is, is surprisingly kind of good. Um, so I'm expecting a four quarter game. That's like these two teams are going to, you know, trade blows back and forth, but Joe Milton is not like, he doesn't always make the best decisions and he's not always the most accurate passer. Hell, hell of an arm. Mm-hmm. The the single strongest arm I've ever seen on a human being is Joe Milton's. Like he could literally throw a ball like out of the freaking uh, atmosphere. His arm is so strong, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the old, you know, Baylor Briles offense. And like, I think I saw this somewhere. I, I I'm going to mess this stat up, but I think Tennessee leads the sec in rushing, which you wouldn't think that cause they, you know, are such a pass happy offense, but they got three good backs and they run it very well. So, you know, that plays into what we do. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they're. I think their offensive line is, is fine. It's it's probably not as good as as Bama's from a talent perspective. Um, so it's it's not a game I'm writing off. You know, I think we have every shot to win it. Uh, it's you know it's it's really going to depend on the mentality of this team. And you know, I, I don't think these players are backing down from anything. But you know, the coaches have got to do some soul searching and and get their stuff figured out
1: yeah I think it really just comes down to if we lose this game I think we go seven and five yeah and if we win this game i I think nine and three is probably more likely um and, and so that's really what hinges on on this game um it's still possible I mean that's what you have to understand and I told you this on Saturday I says is it too early for me to say this but um it's still very possible to go ten and two this this season. I mean, we've it only is. lost two games. Go and two. And we could we could we could win win out. We have the talent to win out. Do we have the coaching to win out? I think we could. I haven't given up on the coaching staff wholeheartedly because they've shown flashes of what they can do. But let's we, we have to get that consistency. That's what we yeah. just don't we're lacking. And I, I don't know how to fix that. I hope they can figure out how to fix that because um, I, I just I think we're in a position where we could have a good remainder of the year, um, but we've got to come out strong. We've got to play this game tough and and um, we got to play with a chip on our shoulder on Saturday. And yeah. and they've got to really want it. And I would say, you know, seeing these guys crying coming off the field and, and all this hurts. this game meant a lot to them. And I just don't think that they give up on the season after this game. I, I think I, I'm confident that you see them come out with a passion um, to, to, to prove something. I mean, we're still not ranked, you know, and we're going to continue to be not ranked until we start beating some ranked teams and we've got to earn it to be able to get there we ought to be able to, you know, we ought to be able to be ranked, but we we've got to prove that on the, on the football field. And so I think they know that as well as we do. And, and so they still have a lot to prove and it's a good team, but it, you know, that second loss of the year, that's a very demoralizing thing and it can quickly turn into a third loss. It can quickly turn into a fourth and fifth loss. Um, And especially in the SEC, and so that's where that's where this game is just so ultra important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and to bring it back to big picture um so 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 things like like next year is it's like it's it's quote unquote like it's 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 the year, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's Connor in his third probably final season. Um the uh like the NFL is is already, you know, uh, they they they've already caught on to Connor. Like they they they're they're well aware of him, um, and there's still so much talent and and experience that's going to be on this roster. Uh, you can't go eight and four and seven and five, and uh, and and harness any optimism for next year because like, and they're they're actually like like even before the season started, like like they, they had a like they're recruiting very well right now. Mm-hmm and I'd like they got another guy the other day they're up to like number three i think in the country uh which is great um they're probably gonna add a few more pieces um but in in today's game uh to compete at the highest level they need to get uh some transfers here and there even some juco's like juco's are still a thing we had a juco on campus this past weekend um they need to you know pretty much go all in on next year, like yeah. uh full court press on, you know, every player that can help you win games because you have a lot, there, there's a lot going right for this team.
1: Like there is. And, and, and to that point, that is where I would say, um, let's say that we end the year nine and three or eight and four. Okay. I think the worst thing that can happen for next year is if we fire our head coach because then you're talking all these people that you're talking about Connor in his third year and, you know, these senior or, you know, veteran guys, I guess I should say, because they will be juniors and seniors with, with uh, you no know, Thomas and Evan Stewart and a lot of our offensive weapons mainly. Um, but our defensive guys too. Um, now all of a sudden they have to adapt to a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new coaching staff altogether. That, that handicaps your season before it starts. And so, so I'm with you. We got to go in all in for next year. And that's where I personally have always said, if we can't win with Jimbo, who can we win with? Um, Because I I just don't see that happening. But outside of this going a six and six season and our, um, you know, our recruiting class plummeting and us having a bunch of transfers and stuff that that transfer away from us and us losing our, primary weapons i think the the second worst thing that could happen there would be that we lose our coaching staff when this thing is almost built and um so that's where that's where i'm saying i haven't given up on the staff yet because i i I think you give them one more one more year and then if it doesn't happen next year then you really start to question okay what now you know Um, and and so i just don't think this is the year to do that unless something just catastrophic happens. Like if we have another last year, if we go five and seven, six and six, you know, and, and everything just falls apart, a recruiting class suffers and we are, our, our guys transfer out. Then sure. Maybe at that point, was it hurt to get a new coach? You know? Yeah, exactly. But, um, if, if, uh, if everything's still in good order, if we have a top five recruiting class, top three, even like you're saying, uh, and we return most of our primary weapons. Um don't don't cripple the season by by switching coaching staffs.
0: Yeah. No, I think it would it would almost have to literally be the like last season, like so, so right now they're they're four and two. Um they still play ACU. All due respect, they're gonna win that game. Um I'm not even knocking on wood because I know it's going to happen. I'm sorry. (laughs) um, If if they played, you know, it's like playing Hutto High School. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of the games, the the two home games are are extremely winnable. Um, Mississippi State and South Carolina. um, I don't think either, uh, especially playing them at Kyle field, can really, really compete with this team. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to come down to those three road games. They're extremely pivotal. And this weekend is maybe the most pivotal. Um, You know, you look around, like, I I feel good about beating Ole Miss. Like, everyone's like, oh, their offense is so good, but their offensive line isn't, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) this defensive line is going to have a field day, much like they did against against Arkansas and Auburn. Um, And, you know, the Ole Miss defense isn't, you know, a special unit. LSU has an awful defense. I mean, truly awful. Offense is pretty dang good. Defense is horrible. So. You know, playing that one in in Baton Rouge, that's going to be tough. Um, so yeah, I and mean, I've, I've
1: I've always hated on Brian Kelly. I've seen him lose or almost lose a bunch of games that he shouldn't have almost lost. Like Notre Dame when he was coach for Notre Dame, I watched almost every Notre Dame, Dame Notre Dame game, hoping that they would lose. Right, and I saw so many of them where the luck of the Irish bailed him out, and and. <laughs> Teams that just were trash. Teams that they almost lost to, and then everybody would forget about it by the end of the season because they they weren't in a conference. So you know you weren't you weren't talking about them constantly from a conference perspective, and and so they would go quiet for like two or three weeks whenever they're playing UMass and like you know teams like that. You would just kind of forget about them, and and then everybody would just look back at the box score. It would only be whenever they would play big teams. But whenever they would play those those games, they'd lose or they'd win by a touchdown or or a last second field goal and yeah. just all these all these stupid things. So, I I think I think our three road games that we have will be. I mean, they're obviously our toughest tests remaining on the schedule, um, but they're all three completely winnable games. Um, like they're all three games that you know. I think LSU and Ole Miss are are pretty similar. You saw that when they played each other. That they're they're similar in that I think our defensive line can really dominate their offensive line. Uh, I think that will handicap their offense to where they the quarterback doesn't have as much time to make make his progressions and and get the ball to those guys that are really good receivers. You know, I, I think that plays in our hand pretty well. If we can figure out some things on offense, I, I think our O line is good, and and against their defenses, I think they'll look great. I think, I mean, you look at how they played against, um, you know, Arkansas and Auburn, they looked they looked like they were really putting the pieces together. I think I think we just maybe hadn't looked at how good Bama's defensive line and and front seven were. Um, I, I don't think we've given them as much credit, uh, and Miami's defensive line front seven they're really good too and so so I I think I think you're you know you're all of those games are very winnable games but I think they all hinge on how we play against Tennessee
0: yeah and I I think like to kind of sum all that up is the, the the culture of this team is going to be tested um and you know I think that the culture is is still pretty strong um I think these players still care. I think these coaches, you know, really, you know, care for these players. And like everyone has taken this loss, you know, uh, it, 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 like I, th- I think it, it, extremely tough. But you know, after the Miami loss, all the players were like, "Yeah, like, you know, that sucked, but like we're still confident in what we can do, and we're still going to go out and practice well and prepare well for the next week, and you know, not get down on, our, on not get down on ourselves." um so you know hopefully that's what we see this weekend that's you know Mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll be on here next week to talk about (laughs) and and talk about how they how how they performed and um and uh, if they were able to get this thing back on track because I think you know you you go and beat Tennessee and beat them soundly uh your your path to to 10 and 2 is is there it's absolutely Mm -hmm. there you know go play someone like you know Clemson in the Cotton Bowl or yeah. someone like that, and and I
1: love and, the Cotton Bowl.
0: Yeah, everybody yeah. ought to love the Cotton Bowl. Big fans of cotton and the bowl. Yeah. Um.
1: Although I quick. wish they would spell it the Cotton Bowl B O L L, that would make make more sense, you know. But
0: whatever. uh, to go around the country real quick, you know, as as much as we have ragged on Jimbo about some of his decision making, um, what the hell was Miami doing at the end of that game?
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: I'm sure everyone's already seen this. In case you haven't, um, (laughs) Miami has the ball with, like, 40 seconds left. Like, they can just take a knee, and the game is over with, and they win. And instead, they run the football. Like, they're actually running plays, and they fumble and give the ball – to none other another than than fighting Texas Aggie Haynes King. <laughs> and what does he do? He drops a dime to his receiver who was running wide open behind the Miami defense on the last play of the game to beat them in hard rock because they didn't take a knee when like middle school teams take knees at the end of games. Like everyone everyone knows that. Right. That's all you have to do. It's over with. <laughs> like I would as tough as our loss was that's one of the worst things I've ever seen ever in my life. So yeah. um, that's, that's tough.
1: Yeah. I, I was gonna look at this. Let's see.
0: We're trying to see how much time was left.
1: <laughs> now who did, uh, yeah, there were, how... I guess 25 seconds left. Is that right? Um, that that sounds right. It sounds about right. But, yeah, that was such a weird thing. I And with you saying that, too, um, that's something that I didn't mention on our game. I don't think I've ever seen a team do what Bama did against us where they just throw the ball like that. So I don't really know what the ruling is on that. After they did what they did, I I thought, like, or before he threw it, I thought, well, they would just—he would just run backwards and just continue to run backwards oh, end, until he ran game. out. Yeah, until he ran out the 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 time. Yeah. Um, but what's the what's the rule on that? Is it when the ball goes out of bounds? Is it when the ball hits the ground? I mean, that's such a weird. Um, I I've just never seen a game in like that. Maybe I have. I just have forgotten.
0: Do you remember? Uh... It was a 2009 Big 12 championship with uh, Colt McCoy uh, against Nebraska and in Indomitian Sioux. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indomitian Sioux had wrecked them the entire game. And uh, they get down there to kick a field goal. And Colt McCoy, there's like five seconds left. And he just like like did what what Milrod did, just kind of, you know, throws the ball like way, you know, like, like air melts it, you know, out of bounds. And the clock runs out <laughs> and, and Mac Brown is like, no, we've got one second. left." <laughs> and I guess like, I think the ball hit the ground. I, th- I think, I guess that, that, that has to be what it is. Cause I don't know how much you could judge when to stop the clock yeah. than when the ball hits the ground. So, um, but that was a weird decision. Like why not just run around for a bit and you know, what, like there's like four seconds left. So mm-hmm. it, it was strange for sure. Um, you know, what else is strange is uh, Notre Dame's offense. Um, biggest sh- shock of the week was Louisville louisville 33, Notre Dame 20. Um, someone asked me that, I think it was Austin. He asked me on Saturday, you know, oh, is Louisville gonna pull the upset I'm like, no, like they can't hang with Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame's running game is too good, their O line is too good, their defense is too good. Well, uh, Cross to Louisville. I mean, 33 to 20, um, six and O the Cardinals are, yeah. um, ACC wide open, you know, with, uh, Miami doing what they just did. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, shout out to the Cardinals. Um, really, uh, really impressive win for them. Um, it seems looking at the numbers that USC probably should have lost to Arizona. Uh, I've, and USC plays Notre Dame this weekend. Um, I just don't see... I, I don't see USC going undefeated. Uh, they play Notre Dame, and they play Washington. They play Oregon at some point, you know, later in the year. Um, the Pac-12 is interesting, but uh, I'm i am selling my USC stock right now.
1: Yeah, they didn't... They didn't fare very well against Arizona, even though they won the game. It just... They were down for a while. I think it was, I think it got to be like, what, 17 0 before um, USC finally scored.
0: I think it ended up three um, overtimes. Did it really? Yeah. Um, Texas OU, super entertaining. Um, I know we, we like to, you know, at least I like to hit on both of those programs, but, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is a really cool thing for college football to have that game and still have it at the original cotton bowl at the state, at the state fair, uh, the environment looked absolutely insane. Um, you know, obviously 50 50 between the two fan bases, but just absolutely going nuts on both sides. Um, a lot of weirdness, you know, felt like an Adam Arkansas game where, you know, there's fake punts, there's block punts for touchdowns, there's picks, there's, you know, there's weird, you know, questionable decision-making and, uh,
1: Weird balls highly, going in the air and yeah, getting picked uh, off and
0: it was highly entertaining though. <laughs> like it oh, was, sure. it was nice to not really have a dog in the fight. Like uh, you know, it was kind of room for you, but <laughs> you know, like it was just a you know, it was ten out of ten on the watchability scale.
1: See, and I was really kind of good for Texas because I, I felt like, um, I, I just felt like we had we had Texas won and we won. That would have made our – like, I hated for Texas to lose and then we beat Bama and then then the topic of conversation simply be, oh, well, Bama's not all that great because they lost to Texas A&M and they lost to Texas who just lost to OU. You know, I, d- I didn't want it to be like that. I wanted it to instead be like, well, you know, hold on, how good is A&M because they've only lost to Miami who I expected to be 6-0, you know, and um, they – they um, also lost against Texas, who's undefeated, you know, that would then put us from being unranked to, like, top ten, right, Um, as was my thought. But um, but I'm with you on, like – like, I I like – I love watching college football like that of, you know – Texas wins then I felt like it would help us if we beat Bama if they lose then it's Texas losing you know and and so then that's, you say. that's yeah it's it's kind of like <laughs> so like you can watch it from a third-party perspective and be like oh that was a really good play oh cool and you know like whoa you know like it, it's more exciting yeah. because of just yeah you, you get the excitement from both sides you know um and and to be part, perfectly honest that's what I love about most college football games that I'm watching is I'm, I'm really impartial on who wins. Like I'll be going for the underdog nine times out of 10 and, and be excited. But like, I'll still get excited when, when big plays happen and things. Um, I wish I could be that way against AM, of course, you know, or, or when I'm watching A&M, of course I can't because it's my team, but <laughs> it would make things a lot easier to be like, Oh, that sucks for A&M. The, the- <laughs> The referee got in the way of the pass. It would have been an obvious first down and maybe a touchdown. Yeah. And oh, that was a very pivotal play that's going to lose them the game now. You know, that sucks for them. Yeah. That would be great to be able to say instead of – Their their lives
0: just, must be miserable. Yeah. Well, guess what? They are. They are. <laughs> um. You know, one day, all, all, like all this heartbreak is going to pay off in <laughs> some way.
1: I sure hope so. I th- I don't I was know hoping it would be this year. Without I don't know when it's going to be. Games <laughs> I'm going to, but
0: I swear, I swear to God, I'm, I'm like this close to changing the name of this podcast. to There's always next year. <laughs> yeah,
1: the next years.
0: Um, last thing I'll say, uh, I think Michigan is going to win the national championship this year. Uh, they are on a absolute war path uh i saw i saw a tweet I, I believe this was from bud elliott he was like if jj mccarthy actually played in the fourth quarter of any of these games he'd probably be the heisman front runner <laughs> but <laughs> they just beat teams so badly that like I, i'm not even sure if he's taken a fourth quarter snap all season um he, he probably has but just not very many of them so yeah um if i'm picking a, if i'm picking today i think we get Georgia and Michigan part three you know three years in a row, except I think it's in the title game this time and not the semifinals uh I think Michigan wins, so don't know how to feel about it, but that's uh that's where my my head's at right now,
1: yeah, um I can't think that far ahead to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> uh, i'll i'll uh I'll start giving those opinions whenever the college football playoff starts giving those opinions,
0: <laughs> yeah w- how soon are the first rankings
1: i think uh I think we. Eight going into week eight is when they first have it because I think they give four or five rankings.
0: What does Anna need to do to, to, to get ranked eventually? Like, is it win? I mean, is it beat Tennessee? Is it beat all miss?
1: Beat uh, somebody who's ranked, yeah, you know, because I mean, we, we hadn't beaten anybody that was ranked. I don't think I think Tennessee is. Tennessee I mean, is. I'm I mean, I'd, I should, I'd should be shocked if they actually. weren't
0: actually. Yeah. I think. I think all three of those teams we've talked about today, those road trips, I think they're all ranked. Like Ole Miss, Tennessee, and LSU.
1: Oh, they have to be. I think I'd... they all are. So LSU might not after their loss. LSU's twenty-two, Tennessee's nineteen, Ole Miss is thirteen. Mm. So yes, they're all ranked. Yeah. Um,
0: cool. Well, they got. They have an opportunity. That's all they got. So go out there and do it. Yeah. Uh, we're an hour and six minutes in. It's nine o'clock. Uh, I think I said. I think we've said all we need to say.
1: That's uh, all any... I have to say about that.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 is is that it for real? Are you good? Yeah. No, I'm okay. good. Okay. Okay. Um. Well. Good stuff. Uh, I'm glad that we showed we can get on here after a loss and still, you know still do this i'll talk about it we're not oh yeah we're not we're not scared we're not chicken if we suck we suck we're gonna tell you that we don't, yeah. suck. We don't suck we don't <laughs> suck no, we don't suck But we did lose um,
1: and and if you if you have listened to the podcast for a long time you'll know that in in years past whenever we lost you've heard me just come on just ultra sad because our starting quarterback got hurt and we lost and everything sucks I just don't think everything sucks. I mean, I, I we lost not to everything. Bama. We yeah. lost to Bama at the end of the day, and not only that, we could have beat them. Um so I mean it, it's it's not to say that that this is a a um, you know moral victory, but this is one that you know we we if we play the way we played against Bama this week, I think we beat Tennessee, you know, and and so uh, it just really just depends on how they come out to play on saturday and we may be coming on next week talking about another loss and how we had a hangover loss and all that we may be coming out saying look this team's good and understand that because we could still win out you know yeah so
0: we we recorded the week after the app state game so like you, you can't tell me anything about my dedication to that <laughs> so like if we suffer through that we can you know i'm not sure it's ever going to be that bad again so i hope it. Will be. <laughs> um but uh thank y'all for tuning in um we, we always get a spike of listeners at the very end i don't know why that is
1: yeah we, happened we're last week, recording it like midnight i guess so <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but both chase and myself and hayden uh are gonna be in knoxville this weekend uh got tickets holler at us because <laughs> we're still looking <laughs> um, but hopefully we'll be inside Nayland Stadium named after an Aggie if you didn't know that um, and uh, hopefully cheering on an Aggie victory
1: yeah hey, chase thank you Hayden so. thank you
0: listeners uh we'll see you next week
1: Giga maggies